Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 8 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us today as we continue our study of the Come Follow Me materials. Beginning now, uh, this week's um, study of the Come Follow Me materials, we are looking in January the 3rd to January the 9th, covering Genesis chapters 1 to 2, Moses chapters 2 to 3, and Abraham chapters 4 to 5. Uh, and in these uh, sections and verses, we have basically the accounts of the creation. Now, I suppose the first thing to address before we dive into these accounts and try and do so with looking at all three of them at the same time is, first of all, recognising and understanding why we have multiple accounts of the creation. I mean, obviously, we have the the exact the version that is in Genesis chapters one to two, uh, which is what many Christians will be familiar with. We also have what was the Joseph Smith translation of the the Bible uh, in Moses chapters two to three. Um, and in Abraham, we have obviously the a, example that comes from the from Joseph Smith's translation of the papyri that he received for the book of Abraham. With the slight variations and differences uh, between the three uh, accounts, and let's not forget, actually, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have four accounts of the creation story, uh, those found in Genesis, Moses and Abraham. And of course, we have the... Um, the version that is in the temple uh, or um, the temple endowment session, uh, which obviously I won't go into much detail on, but um, there is an, an account of the creation in that story, just like we have the the, the principles and doctrines of the creation, fall and atonement uh, within that very important uh, instruction. Um, but in that account, there is a slight variation as well, which we'll talk about when we get to that stage in this account. Um or in these accounts. And so the question is, why do we have so many different accounts of the creation? Um, it's very important to remember that, first of all, just because we have different accounts, which which vary slightly, it does not change the, the veracity of what's going on here, the truth of what's going on. Uh, in a know why, um, Book of Mormon Central addressed this in know why number 400, why do we have three different accounts of the creation? Uh, it says, quote, one important thing to consider is that just because a story has multiple versions, it doesn't mean that they are incorrect. For example, Matthew, Mark and Luke are all true and sacred books of scripture, and yet they each present a different version of Jesus Christ's life and ministry. It seems that something similar played out in the early accounts of the creation. Close quote. You'll notice that in each of these accounts, there is something different that is focused on. And this is the same as when we discussed uh, the first vision around about this time last year, maybe maybe in a week or two this time last year. Uh, when we looked at the first vision of the prophet Joseph Smith, it was very clear that there were about six um, first-hand accounts given by the prophets, which, again, all were very, very similar, but had slight differences depending on what the audience uh, and what the focus was on, on why he was sharing the vision at that time. As we go through over the next few days, over the actual creation, um, well, over this week, really, um, when we go over the creation part of this um, account, we go into then um, the, the creation of man uh, and the marriage between Adam and Eve uh, and all of those things. Um, we'll have to, have to have a look and see the differences. And I'll do my best looking at Genesis, Moses and Abraham all together at the same time. And of course, uh, remembering kind of what we're taught in the temple as well. Um, but um, 
I like how in this know why it gives uh, a couple of differences between the two. And actually it points out that the prophets in the Book of Mormon also taught about the creation and focused on different parts of it. For example, quote, Lehi used the version of the Eden narrative available to him to teach about opposition and agency, likely because this account emphasized these topics. Jacob, on the other hand, used the chaos monster creation story to stress how Christ's power through the atonement can save us from the chaos of life. Close quote. So it's this idea that different prophets have taught about the creation and have focused on different parts. And just because their different parts focus on different bits, it doesn't mean that the whole accounts that we have before us are not true. They come together and build a tapestry of understanding for us. Um, it continues in the know why to give a couple of differences between them. Uh, it says, quote, in Genesis 1, God caused everything to come into existence simply by speaking, reminding us of the power of God. Moses too makes it clear that Christ was the main figure responsible for the creation. This reminds us of his central role from the beginning of the world to the end of it. Finally, the Book of, Mor the Book of Abraham makes it explicitly clear that, that a divine counsel was involved in the creation of the earth, reminding us of the importance of councils in our own lives, close quote. And we'll see this as we begin now looking at the different accounts of the uh, of the creation. For example, in the very first verse of Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Whereas in Abraham chapter 4 verse 1, it's the most different. It says, And then the Lord said, Let us go down. And they went down at the beginning. And they, that is the gods, organized and formed the heavens and the earth. Now I'll remind you, that in the previous chapter, which we looked at on Sunday, um, we were looking at how there was Christ standing in the midst of um, these righteous individuals in the premortal existence. And he spoke about, let's go down and prove them herewith, and so on. So clearly this account is continuing. And this is where the Saviour is speaking to these, these souls that were there before and said, let us all go down. And they went down. Uh, and so, again, as um, the, the, the know why uh, stated, it shows that there was a council. It shows that there was multiple individuals involved uh, in this um, action of going down and creating this earth. Um, and again, um, in Moses 2 verse 1, there is a focus on um, the Saviour as Jehovah speaking to Moses, saying, Behold, I reveal unto you concerning this heaven and this earth, Write the words which I speak. I am the beginning and the end, the almighty God. By mine only begotten Son, I created these things. Yea, in the beginning I created the heaven and the earth upon which thou standest. So, again, the Saviour as creator comes to the forefront here. So we get an idea that the Saviour was the, the main creator uh, behind uh, this earth on, upon which we stand. But there may have also been others who supported and engaged in this creative work too. I mean, in the temple, we learn about that as well. Uh, so we move forward into verse two. And it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. This is fairly similar uh, in the three accounts about the Spirit of, the God, Spirit of God, or in Abraham's Spirit of the gods, moving or brooding upon the face of the waters. So there is this idea that there is divine intervention that begins to take place. Um, and this is obviously important um, and shows the power of God and, and his role in the creation. I mean, it's such a wonderful and exciting thought to be considering how the earth was created in this sense. Alma Son said, quote, I had a friend once who was educated a lot along literary lines. 
He told me one day that the finest sentence in all literature is in the Bible. When I asked him to repeat it, he said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. I suppose from the standpoint of beauty and majesty, that sentence has no parallel, and yet I thought of another sentence, a sentence of only three words spoken by the angel on the morning of the resurrection. The angel said, he is risen, close quote. These are such important, significant events in human history, the creation, the fall, and the atonement, uh, and the fact that we are able to study them is incredible. I suppose at this moment, it's important to consider how our understanding of the creation fits with um, scientific findings as well. Because, of course, there is always going to be that age-old discussion uh, about how this fits in with science and so on. And I think it's important to remember, first of all, that scientists are very aware of how our understanding of the world and how the world has come to be that how it is today. Our understanding is changing all the time. And so whilst we have a... a a thought process and some evidence on how the earth is created and formed today we will we likely will learn more about that in the decades and and yet in the years and the decades to come and so perhaps we shouldn't be so fixed on what we know from science to be the the way the earth was created now it will probably develop and evolve over time but um, there's often two kind of extremes spoken about uh, when discussing this, one that the earth was created ex nihilo, nihilo, meaning God had all power and just snapped his fingers and the earth was, was created and just appeared, right down to the other end of the spectrum where people believe that there was no God involved, there is no God involved, and the earth just naturally evolved over millennia and millennia of time uh, to what we have today. And the reality is, the truth of it is, is that neither of those are true. Um, we believe, you know, that there there is obviously natural processes involved, and God used these natural processes as the creator, similar to how a, a cook would do with the materials that he has with him. That this wonderful uh, result that we have today was brought forth by the materials that God had, and it was brought forward over time. He didn't just snap his fingers and it all magically happened. That isn't how it works. He works with the natural laws and processes that that govern um that, that govern all and so there is space to understand how the earth was created that these days that we'll talk about in a moment the six days in this creative process are well they're certainly not days as in the days that we understand them as 24 hours but actually they don't they're, they're not necessarily fixed amounts of time either that the first day was the same length as the second day a day in in the, in the way that it's used in the bible uh, is in this sense of um, a period of time, an undefined period of time where one thing begins and then it ends. If you look at the uh, the translation of the, the Hebrew of day in our King James Version Bible, it is the word y- yom, which basically means it, it's a space of time defined by, you know, something happening and then ending uh, can often sometimes be a chronicle or and an age and so this helps us understand that we are not limited certainly to it being a day in our understanding of the creation but also that it's not literally the first day the second day all being the same period of time uh, and so this helps us understand how the creation story which we are given by the by the ancient prophets helps us to understand how the world was created uh, through what we understand from science as well 
um, all being very important parts of our understanding. We'll continue this tomorrow because we are over time and we'll dive into the actual days of the creation. So thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please continue to follow the podcast uh, on Facebook and you can share your thoughts on email. And until we meet again.